Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi, WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome award-winning author Pamela Mishana to our broadcast today. She's the author of a series called Girls in Search of Cover. Just this week, I had a chance to be able to speak with her on another platform as we talked about part two of her series. I want to talk to you guys, though, not only, of course, about how the series began, but also Pamela's going to share with you guys what it's been like for her to share the characters, to see the response, and, of course, let you all know how you can be able to stay connected with her as well. Pamela, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, I'm just so happy to join you, uh, Cyrus. Every interview we do has been great, and um, I'm happy to share with your audience as well about my writing, my books that's out there, and um, even a recent award. So uh, thanks for having me. Hey, glad to do it. So let's start with the award. So, I mean, here you have, when we, you and I first connected, it was for the first book, Girls in Search of Cover, mm-hmm. Part 1, as you mentioned, recently winning an international award. What has it been like for you, Pamela, to see the way that readers have connected with these characters? Well, you know, it's been exciting. It's a wonderful journey. It's even a learning journey. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited when people tell me that <laughs> – they love being in the world of these characters. I mean, nothing would make a writer happier. Um, and when they're able to describe back to me the town that I've created and even dynamics um, of the characters, their actual personalities and things like that, that is so fun because it's like, oh, my God, they do see it. They got it. Um, and not just that part of it, but when they can pull back the layers of the onion and see the different messages and the different um, deep things that's going on in the story. There's like, um, you know, there's a story that's obvious, but then there's tenors and tones of different people's personalities and their hurts and what's pushing them, what's driving them, what makes them happy. And, um, again, I wrote it calling it Girls in Search of Cover, but I'm excited, too, when men tell me that how much they can relate to it and – uh, that it could be, you know, boys and girls in search of cover. So I keep hearing right. that as well, and it's given me ideas about even some of the future books. And I shared with you last time, uh, about a week ago, that um, I'm playing around with the idea of a prequel because <laughs> people mm-hmm. want to know what, we, you know, in this story we have a mother's board of the church, and these are elderly women. People want to know what happened in the past uh, that's causing everything that they're seeing in the present or in these books. So that's what's been going on. It's been so exciting. I've even been learning. People have been showing me layers and themes that's in my work that I didn't see that I want to be even more intentional to draw out next time. Gotcha, gotcha. So, you know, I, I think, you know, for a lot of people, when they think about writing, especially writing fiction, and you, know, you and I, like as I mentioned, we discussed uh, part one, had a great interview about that, and then recently part two, mm-hmm. 
what how does this all begin because i think for people who are just discovering this series they may may be curious as to where the idea initially came from pamela how did girls in search of cover even come about you know for me it's a type of personal journey um world the the situations that the character the main character carmia is in is made up or things i've heard about but I would say the emotional journey, the psychological journey, the introspection and all that, a lot of that is me and the way I am uh, kind of trying to find answers uh, for things that I say, things that I've seen. Um, So it's a story about abuse. Um, I do have um, abuse in my background, so I know something about that story also. So I think it was a story that was just, I feel it was an inspirational story. It just kind of came to me um, rather than me toiling saying, hmm, what should I write or (laughs) what will sell. Um, And the characters just came alive on their own. Um, So I started writing, uh, and it really book one and two kind of came out at the same time, but that would have been a huge book. So um, it had a natural breaking point, which is where in part one we see the, um, the cliffhanger. (laughs) It was kind of beautiful that it worked out that way. Um, But that's kind of how, and I also feel like it was inspired by God to be quite honest. And my hope for the book is not just that it entertains, and I'm I'm glad to hear that it's making people laugh, making people cry, making people think. Um, but I'm hoping that people who maybe have gone through something similar or know someone who has, uh, that they're touched and they see that healing is possible, and um, that they can move forward, no matter right. you know what bad things may have happened. Well, I think yeah, that that's a big thing of it. And let's let's talk about one of the the concurring themes here, Pamela, in part one and part two. And I can talk about this without spoiling anything for those who haven't read it. We're going to again remind people how they can get the books for themselves. But that is the idea of trauma. And I think you know we have all heard the saying in some form or fashion that hurt people hurt people. We see that play out in Girls in yeah. Search of Cover. Talk to us about the character of trauma in this series and how, because it is something that reoccurs from in part one and part two, what was it like for you to kind of think about the role that trauma plays in people's lives and the impact it can have? Well, um, I think in a lot of ways you, you said it in a nutshell, um, hurt people, hurt other people. And we see that in the character of mother John, but, we also see the opposite of that in the main character, Carmia. She actually is just trying to survive, just trying to rise above it, and rise above it as we get to know the story and the characters a little better. Um, generationally, she, what she's doing, it's almost like she's carrying with her people from the past that died not receiving the promise, so to speak. And like I've shared with you before, I kind of established in the story that the ancestors, which is synonymous with the cloud of witnesses, um, she gets to learn from them and move forward and uh, and receive healing. So that trauma ends in 
I want to I want to do better. I want to reach a better place. I want to be whole again. Uh, whereas uh, there's a contrast to Mother John's and how she expresses her pain. She seems to be bitter and not able to let it go. She's a, a type of static character, if you will. Not not fully though, because we do see, and I I've, thankfully I've heard this from readers. Um, they do like the dynamics that exist in Mother John's. Uh, they like knowing uh, what her hurts are, what her hopes are, um, seeing her love for her grandsons. Uh, but she does cause a lot of problems for for Carnia. <laughs> and that yeah. is the classic example of hurt people hurting others. Exactly. And I think, too, it goes to another point, and I can talk around this, uh, Pamela, and that is you can only wear the mask for so long, and Mother Johns definitely has her mask exposed uh, in a very open way in part two of the book. So you mentioned Carmilla, so let's talk about her, because, and then again, I'll talk around, and again, for those who are just tuning in, is on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're speaking with award-winning author Pamela Mishana today. We're talking with her about her series, Girls in Search of Cover. Um, this, this year, she's released part two of the book, uh, of the series, and we're going to remind you guys how you can be able to get both books, as well as stay connected with, with Pamela. But, uh, with Carmilla, it's interesting, because, you know, we've seen definitely, We've seen some growth from part one to part two, but we also see, of course, Carmilla still dealing with the impact of what has happened to her. And, and it's interesting because, as a lot of people do, men and women, sometimes you push things back, you try to suppress things, mm-hmm. or you try mm-hmm. to make it as though it didn't happen as a way of coping. There comes a point for Carmilla, she can't do that in part two of, of, of the book. What was it like for you to kind of see the roller coaster of her life and the, and even though she mm-hmm. had her up the the downs that came her way because again of the trauma in the past right you know um she makes some mistakes that i believe are rooted in uh what's happened to her and i think what we're seeing by observing her roller coaster is just humanness really at play um we have to process things. We don't win immediately. We don't overcome our struggles overnight. And I think her story shows that. But it shows, um, I think, it in a in a very realistic way. Now, when you bring up the word roller coaster, <laughs> you're the second person to mention that to me in the last week regarding uh, part two. And um, you know, one reader said, "Oh my God, the emotional roller coaster." but I'm loving it. Um, but at the same time, uh, this person told me, you know, it was, it was so much, but it, it caused me to start praying for people who have been in situations like this. So, you know, part of this story, while it has levity and some things that make you laugh, it is a deep story that's going to make you think and feel and hurt for the characters. But, I think that that's a space we need to visit too, because if we we hurt a little bit by what we're seeing, then maybe in real life we're charged to do something about it. Like nothing made me feel better than hearing her say she prayed for people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I think we want to be touched by art. We want to be touched by the things we see, and if it promotes a good action, like even from part one. Uh, a reader told me, you know, after reading that story, 
I went out into my neighborhood and I was looking for people who were struggling like that. I just wanted to wrap my arms around them. Like she wanted to be a, you know, a big sister. (laughs) And um, so that's the kind of response that makes me feel like, wow, this, this, I like that response. (laughs) Right. Well, I think there there's a there's a lot of different layers here. You know, you and I had an interesting thing. Uh, I made a comment in, in our last conversation, and and I, I kind of when I was preparing for today, I thought about something you emailed to me. I was I was talking about happy endings, and I think you know, what, what the the thing that I I've been telling people about uh, Pamela as a reader is that. You know, this a series like this redefines what a happy ending is. I think a lot of times people expect a happy ending to be everyone, you know, you know, gets gets married, they have children, you know, they live happily ever after, you know, it, not, like nothing ever happened, right? I think a series like Girls in Search of Cover shows that that's not even realistic. <laughs> to think that what has happened is not going to impact you. Uh, in some form or fashion. And so I, I guess what I want to ask you about is for yourself, you know, because one of the things you had mentioned to me by email was about, you know, you felt like they did have a, you know, a, a happy ending, at least some of the characters. So what what was it like for you to kind of define as the author what a happy ending looked like? You know, I didn't, I didn't write determining um... – really what the end would be I just wrote and let the characters tell me who they are and kind of when the story was done and how it was ultimately going to end but the reason I would say that it's a happy ending for Carmia is just that um, it's this promise that's spoken of I don't want to give a total spoiler mm-hmm. um, there's a promise that's spoken of stemming from part one and there's moments in the story where it seems like she's not that promise between her and another person is never going to happen. And, and uh, ultimately it, it does. Um, So for me, it's the main character. I'm always looking, we establish a a main character who wants something really, really badly. And by the end of the story, Typically, if they get what they want, we consider that a happy ending. If they don't get what they want in terms of what's been established in the story, we consider that a sad ending. So that's why, in my mind, it's a happy ending, though she goes through a lot of things to get there. Uh, Now, some people might not consider it a happy ending because maybe they wanted all of the the stuff to be resolved for all the characters. and. And that's not going to happen for all the characters. Mm-hmm. But um, for the main character, uh, she gets to a place that I don't want to speak too much about. Um, but, yeah, that's that's where I get that idea from. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and I can see that. I can see that. Let's talk about one thing uh, that I think is an interesting aspect that we have not discussed in this conversation, and that is the idea of faith. Faith kind of has a double meaning in this particular book. Um, I want to talk about faith in God, though, um, because it's interesting in reading one line um, with Crimea that I I made a note of in part two because it was interesting because she meant one thing, but, of course, it can definitely uh, play another role, and that is when she says, I'm going to get my faith back. We do see Crimea 
get her faith mm-hmm. back in, in, in a lot of ways. But what was it like for you to kind of to show her struggle with that? Because there's, a, there's that prayer that's in the book that you wrote where she's really, she's really struggling. You know, she, as a lot of people can relate to, she's really having a, r- a rough time. What was it like for you to have her get her faith back in that respect of, of mm-hmm. her faith in God and what was possible for her? Right. Yeah, it does have a double meaning, and um, I guess I guess if I talk too much about the double meaning, it'll be a spoiler, but um, in terms of what you're saying, the faith aspect of it, so it's a little bit of a play on words, and it does have two definite strong meanings, but in terms of her spiritual faith, um, it's kind of like some of the things I've touched on before, she's gone through so much. Um, and it can wear on anybody's face. Um, she relies heavily on the voices of her grandmother and her mother uh, to help her be steady no matter what she's facing. And, again, I think it's a picture of – I'll speak for myself, but I think it would probably resonate with many people um, – when you're going through a tough time, what do I remember? I remember things my mother told me. I remember things my aunt told me, um, things that can help me get through it. So I think for her, in terms of get my faith back, she reached such a low, and it looked like things were never going to turn around for her. It just kept getting, you know, pretty dark. <laughs> so yeah. at a certain point, she has an epiphany. And she's like, you know what, I'm, I'm stronger than this. And, um, again, those voices of the ancestors and the cloud of witnesses helped her come to that conclusion. And she's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight. And that's yeah. what it means. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to God. I'm going to get back to what, where I'm grounded and rooted. And I don't know if you remember, but in part one, I spent a lot of time talking about the nurturing, healing environment of Ma Evans' home, um, which is their family home that has so much history, even rooted back to slavery. And then there's the tree where you can see the ancestor's face in the bark. Um, When she talks about faith and her spirituality, I'm going to get my faith back. Um, I'm hoping that readers' mind will flash across all of that and understand what faith means to her. It's what's been established through part one and part two, stemming from Ma Evans, stemming from Mother Givens, who is the character foil for Ma, uh, Mother Johns. Because Mother Johns is not the typical uh, mother's, <laughs> mother's board <laughs> president. <Right. laughs> um, she has a lot of issues. She's been out of shape, but Mother, mother Givens um, gives balance. For the spirituality But you know I'm playing around with a lot of things Even about spirituality um, Because some of these Characters are, are church Members that are Doing some bad things uh, I'm making a Statement over you know Even to believers What are we doing and young people are watching And how are we affecting them Are we being that good witness um, So I think There's a lot of overtures um, and layers to it all, to all of the story, not just about uh, the sexual abuse, but the um, 
church hurt or abuse experience from people in the church. Um, but then, like I said, we have characters like Mother Givens who has a redeeming quality kind of thing. But then there's layers to what's being mentioned about uh, racism or some of those struggles. So I think it's a book to give a lot of introspection and thought about, you know, where we are around all of the, these things. Mm-hmm. Well, to go to that point, the last thing I want to ask you about, Pamela, in that you mentioned, of course, the covers. Of course, we see that even with Girls in Search of Cover Part 2, uh, we see, of course, the, the the images in the back. I want to actually mention something, and you and I hadn't discussed this, so it's funny you mentioned Mother Gibbons, because I want to read something from Chapter 23, mm-hmm. the chapter Deliverance. And this is what you wrote, uh, and it goes with something that you mentioned earlier, and that was about ancestors. There was an interesting passage I wanted to share with our audience and talk about the importance of not going through life alone. This is what you wrote for those who have the print edition on page 226. Hard to believe I could be free. Everything I ever needed was already inside. It was just like Grandma Evans always said. She sensed the celebration taking place. She could almost hear voices cheering her own, those ancestors, those mighty ones who were getting emancipated with her. Crimea released a sound of joy from her gut and smiled. She imagined a group, her cloud of witnesses, singing in their Swahili tribal tongue praises. Yes, they sang hallelujahs to God. She felt a part of them like never before. She was getting stronger, and generations were helping her with power from across ages. I want to talk about that because we hear a lot of talk about ancestors and the ancestors and what we learn from the ancestors. Talk to us about how you decided how you wanted to use the ancestors and what that meant in this series. Of course. Um, before I get there, though, since you mentioned the cover and the faces in the in the cover of part two, I, I'm i glad that um, by you bringing it up, it's allowing me to speak to it a little more. These sure. faces are different than the faces in part one, and they're very special to me because what we have is my brother who passed away, my grandfather, grandfather, my mother, who's living, but it's a tribute to her, and then my grandmother who passed away a year ago. Um, it's special to me. This cover is extra special to me because of the tribute that it's giving to family members as well. But um, to uh, speak to what you were saying about how I'm using ancestors, uh, my spirituality is influencing how I'm using ancestors. Uh, And again, I use the word ancestor synonymous with the biblical mention of cloud of witnesses. And um, there's a point in Hebrews where uh, it speaks to the cloud of witnesses cheering us forward. So I use actually some of that language um, um, in my book saying, uh, you know, they're cheering for her, they're rooting for her, or I'll use words that uh, her grandmother spoke to her before she passed away or something like that. So for me, ancestors is, yeah, it's your lineage but it has a spiritual overtone for me, meaning um, the cloud of witnesses who are designed for you to to reach a, a desired end. The Bible speaks of it of some of them died in faith, uh, not obtaining the promise. So I use some of that in my writing. So when my character Carmia gets to that point, it's like she's doing it for all of them. They finally receive the promise through their descendants. So. Got it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, another great conversation with you, Pamela, and another great read with part two. Again, everyone, Pamela Michana has been our guest. Girls in Search of Cover is the series. Part one and part two are out now. You can get them both through our friends at Amazon.com, so definitely make sure you guys take advantage of that and make sure you share your thoughts with Pamela as well about what you thought about the characters in the books. And Pamela, love talking to you again. Let our audience know. How can they stay connected with you? Absolutely. Um, you can stay connected with me by going to my website, which is PamelaMashana.com, and that's P-A-M-E-L-A-M-S, as in Sam, H as in Harry, A-N as in Nancy, A.com. I am also on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Dr. Pamela Mashana's Reading Room, which is also Facebook, uh, and it's all with the same spelling of the name. So. Uh, Those are the ways that you can uh, get in touch with me, and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, And, again, thanks, Cyrus, so much for having me on your show. It's always a wonderful interview and conversation. Thank you. I appreciate that. Enjoyed it as well. And we thank you, our audience, for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. If you guys are joining us via the podcast, you will see the Amazon link for you guys actually in the notes for the podcast, no matter what platform you're joining us on. Uh, also, for those joining us on the radio side here in Mississippi, you guys will see the link on our Facebook page for WYED, so you can be able to find out more information about the books there. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.